Holy God, we thank you. We're not going to be having our uh, coffee and conversation time following the service this morning. We do want to give everyone opportunity to get to the cenotaph uh, to just uh, take part in remembrance services there. And today, a reminder again on the shoe boxes. I hope you remember to bring those in. If not, there are three or four more days left. You can get them into the office this coming week. But this is the final week for them. We want to let people know that uh, the offering that we took on our intergenerational Sunday, uh, we took an extra offering for young Ludson. He is the young boy who was sponsored by our Discovery Park uh, children through Compassion Canada, and we raised $307 for him that day. So that would be a very significant amount for that young man. And uh, last but not least, uh, this coming weekend is our Youth Alpha Weekend, so Friday and Saturday. Keep them very much in prayer, and we're thrilled to say that not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, there will be a baptism of youth coming out of that Alpha program. So just keep that in prayer, if you would. That's it for any announcements this morning. We'll let the leaders and the children go out to Discovery Park. I see the hands on the screen, so children and leaders, if you want to go out and uh, enjoy learning at the level of your understanding. Have fun. (laughs) And we are thrilled this morning to have with us Bruno and Kathleen Susie. Uh, They are field staff with Canadian Baptist Ministries, as Micah mentioned earlier. Their work has been in Latin America. They've been in Bolivia for some four years, but they are transitioning. Now, that's quite a word for us these days lately. So they, too, are transitioning uh, to being based in Guatemala. They want to better support the development of the current and also future prospective partners in Central America and in the Caribbean. Previously, before that, Bruno and Kathleen served for seven years in Rwanda. And just in case I forget, Sarah Garnett said to say hello. She met you down in Rwanda, so if I don't catch up with you with that. Uh, Bruno has experience and has worked uh, in technical and management roles in agricultural credit. Many areas of Canada he did that. But his passion is to help enhance stewardship and financial processes to make a greater impact in communities and in churches. And Kathleen worked in agricultural research and food safety with pregnancy resource centers in Ontario and Saskatchewan and New Brunswick. And she was also an area manager for the Canadian Cancer Society in New Brunswick. But her passion is global discipleship, especially helping to develop short-term mission programs. Bruno and Kathleen have three married children, And Bruno updated the CBM website for me by saying they have not six, but now they have seven grandchildren. So it's just our honor and privilege to invite you both to the platform this morning. 
welcome. Let's give them a hand. I'd just like to have a word of prayer with you before you begin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as Bruno and Kathleen just bring to us um, your message and information about your work. God, would you touch our hearts? Maybe there's someone here this morning that you're going to call into missionary work in a new way in another land. But call us all into missions for you that we might share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So speak that word to us, we pray. Touch their lives as they minister to us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Well, what a wonderful... um Welcome and introduction and excuse my voice. I tried not to sing. It was really hard, but I wanted to be able to speak a little bit this morning. So it's just a real privilege to be here. And I'm so impressed too that at 9.15 you can get all these people out. So, uh, great. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, what a wonderful day to be able to be here and how well you segued in uh, the Remembrance Day, uh, which is so uh, wonderful for us to be in Canada, to be able to remember those that uh, have made the life that we get to live happen here for us. So thank you so much for pulling that all together. And you know, for us, uh, um, we have been connected to your church for quite some time, and I know that you've been connected to CBM for a long time, uh, but it just has been an eye-opener to us as to, there's always somebody that doesn't know about us, um, and uh, I wanted to just, um, I can't really see where the slides are coming up there, but um, just to... Just to um, you know, if you, you receive the Mosaic magazine that comes out three times a year, and the, we've been focusing on faith, hope, and love. Those are the things that we embrace and believe as, and as, as Baptists. And as CBM represents the thousand Baptist churches, uh, from coast to coast in Canada, we're, the causes that we are, we are connected to, how do we work out this faith, this hope, uh, the love that we have for our Savior? Um, and these causes are, um, not just programs and projects, but we're, we're looking to how do we address poverty, um, be it uh, physical poverty, which is mostly comes to mind for us, but um, poverty of the soul, um, poverty that comes from the injustices that happen in the world, and our focus on justice issues just that way, you know, you can have food, you can have money, but you might not be able to have access to, to the things that are important. Um, kids at risk, that's another big area that we work in, and you know, in every society that we live in, it seems to be the children and the youth that if we're not caring for them uh, holistically, then we're really in trouble long term. Building the church. I often stand up here with my Bible um, like this <laughs> and uh, uh, tell people that the first church that Bruno and I served in in Rwanda, it was seven hours the church service. Um, and I'll never forget the pastor had his Bible up, opening it, leafing through it, diligently following the message, the pastor sitting beside me. But you can tell, like it was upside down. He couldn't read it. Um, building the church and how important it is to, um, in, in wherever we are in the world, and crisis relief. And you know that um, there have been many physical things that have happened in the world today that require us just to step in and help. And so we want to be able to do that. So as uh, just that was my refresher, and uh, thank you so much for sharing about our family. So I won't go any details really, but the fact that we when we joined CBM and left New Brunswick in 2006, we had three children: Carolyn, Lauren, Ben, and one 
son-in-law named Jonathan. Well, today we have two sons-in-law, both named Jonathan. <laughs> and uh, my other son-in-law's mom is here. So my co-grandma, Pam Vokey. So uh, that's pretty cool that we're so, there's such a connection. Um, and then we, so we have t- two sons-in-law. We have a daughter-in-law, Alyssa. And as you so well said, seven grandchildren. So we don't take any of that for granted. It's the prayers and support that we've had over the years that we've been able to have a family that's been able to live uh, well with this disconnect that you get from not being present. And just as we uh, look at our family that we've just recently left in Bolivia, our partner, our um, team in Bolivia that... um, and really are responsible for following the programming uh, that we're engaged in there. So as uh, was mentioned, for the past four years, we've been serving in Bolivia as Latin America team leaders. So we lived there, uh, and um, we have a national staff, Patricia Nacho, who I believe you would have met, uh, possibly met this past year when she was visiting, and a young couple, uh, Tim and Callie Hutton, who follow all of the programming that we're involved in. And we also have Bill and Janice Dick, who have been long-term missionaries with CBM in the past, but have come back back uh, into that in Latin America. So we're really thrilled with this group because every single decade, other than the tens, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 year olds are in that picture. And we'll just let you guess who's who. I think this one works or, or, or I can just use this guy. I'll use this. One. Oh, there we go. Okay, thanks. Um, just to just talk about what, what is Latin America? Cause sometimes we get those questions like, well, what do you mean? And for, for us, we work in Bolivia and in El Salvador and Guatemala, and we also include the Caribbean. So it's not technically part of Latin America, but the Spanish-speaking part of the Caribbean, so we're in Cuba, and the Dominican Republic. And I know some of the people here probably remember a time when we had a significant involvement in El Salvador. It's a little different today, but still significant for us. And our partner uh, in Lassie is one of the people, one of the groups that we are really excited about working with uh, so we're with them in El Salvador, and we're also moving with them into Guatemala. So that's a, that's a really um, cool way to to uh, do mission together. <clears throat> the the Baptists are in all over uh, Latin America. Some of them are easier to work with than others. You probably understand that from being <laughs> in that family. Um, and so we're we're working with the Federation in <laughs> in El Salvador, and. Uh, one of the other really exciting pieces is uh, Baptist, a Baptist organization in the Dominican Republic. So we just want to tell you a little bit about how we work and, and some of the challenges, but also some of the joys, because we want to share a couple of stories of, of things that are going really, really, really well. This is our, our base for why we do what we do, and I think it's a verse that's very familiar to all of you as well. Um, one of the things that's significant with the Latin church. Up until probably 25 or 30 years ago, the Latin church, their participation in the Great Commission was, you people from the north, you need to go so you can come to our place. And so that was the mentality. That's their participation in the Great Commission. And really that's been a huge uh, mix or a a change up over the last uh, 30 years. Um, In 1990, we say 98% 98% of missionaries were from the north. So if you said missionary, it was people who looked like most of you from Canada, U.S., and Europe. That was a missionary. Um, in 2017, 78% of the missionaries are from the south. 
So that's, that's been just a real reversal, and, um, and it's really exciting to be part of that, that movement. There are 15,000 missionaries from Latin America serving all over the world, and often in very difficult contexts. Um, many of our Latin brothers and sisters have a particular affinity and, a, and a, just an ability to work in a Muslim context in a way that people from North America um, find it uh, more challenging. <clears throat> Another distinctive for us is this whole thing about uh, um, getting people outside of the church. Um, I think probably all of us would believe, like, God loves us. There's no, probably nobody here that says, we're not sure God loves me. We, we know God loves us because we're in the family. But the, the, the key to a lot of this work is, does God really love the people outside? And so we, that's a, a fundamental piece to get through, is that absolutely God cares about your community, not just about you as a family. And so when we have that vision, then we can go outside. And a, and a big piece of that, even most or many non-believers could probably quote this verse. You know, and, it's, and there's many, many verses that would show to us that absolutely God cares for those who are not already in the family. And, uh, but when we say God so loved the world, all of the world, including those outside of our church, then it, it's a, an, an incentive for us to, to go out. The other distinctive for us is this idea of why the church? Because you probably know many individual believers who are having awesome impact and ministry in their context. They're doing stuff that's really, really impacting for the kingdom. The challenge then becomes, what are we doing as a church community, as a family here? How are we together moving into the community? And that's, that's often a challenge. And it's also an exciting piece of, of uh, what we can do. Um, we also have this idea that this was, this was God's vision for doing the mission for accomplishing God's mission is through the church. So obviously each of us as individuals have a huge piece to play, but what can we do as a church community? And that's that's a really exciting piece. Um, <clears throat> this, uh, These are some of the challenges that come up at times of... Um, um, because if we think we're all, we should all be engaged in the Great Commission. We should all be on mission. We should all be touching our community. Why does not? Why doesn't it happen? And uh, so these are just some of the some of the barriers or some of the challenges that we're we're seeing. Often there's not a vision for doing that, and that's that's a pretty basic um, amount of teaching around um, the biblical basis for ministry for mission. Um, and then after that, it often is an idea that. We believe the mission, everybody should be on mission, and somebody for sure will do that, just not us. So we'll pray and we'll give, but somebody will look after it. And that's, that's a, again, we, each one of us as a, as a individual and as a corporate body are responsible. Um, we work a lot in a poverty kind of context, and again, often it's a, it's a uh, part of the thinking of being poor, is that we don't have anything to offer. How could we possibly accomplish very much because we're so poor? And uh, and we know that that's not true, that each of us has something to offer and in our own context can make an, make an impact. Um, when I say prejudice, I'm thinking of uh, there's still a lot of um, prejudice around ethnicity. So certain people, certain tribes, certain languages... Um, we're not sure that 
we should be touching them. We should be um, with them. And that's a, that's a big part of the work in many parts of the world, but certainly in Latin America where we are. But by separation of the world, I mean, um, you are probably familiar with some verses that talk about be separate from the world, do not be unequally yoked. And, and those, those verses, I think, can be taken out of context in the sense that um, we don't want to touch sinners, we don't want to touch people who have messy lives because we might be contaminated. And somehow, if we think about the verses in Matthew, which talk about being salt and light, how are we going to be salt and light if we're not touching people who are outside of our current circle of, of believers? Uh, worldview is um, uh, probably one of the best illustrations I have is when you pray the Lord's Prayer, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Does thy kingdom come, is that a, a, a future event? Because we're living today, then we die, then the kingdom. And that's a very common common uh, philosophy or worldview with many people, is that it's not that we are on the way to the kingdom. So thy kingdom come is, is a, an ongoing event. It's not a now and future. And it has tremendous impact on how we see the value of life, how we see our own situation, and, and how we, we care for the resources that we've been given. And then we talk a lot about the, 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 how do you do this? So if you can get through all the, the mental and, and, and intellectual barriers to actually going to your community, we might say, we're not sure how to, how to do that. This, um, this next slide, I just put it up there because <clears throat> this is probably talking to me more than, than others, but this whole idea that at times we may think, yeah, I think that should all happen, but I don't want to do that. And, and I think what was the last thing, or one of the last things that Jesus did before he left this earth was he stooped down and he washed the feet of his disciples. And if you think our king of kings could go and wash the feet of his disciples, Surely there's nothing beneath me and, and doing what I need to do. So we just want to share um, a couple of examples of um, what it looks like when a church has been mobilized. And we'll just skip to the next slide So, in t- for time. And for Bruno and I, you know, when you're working with churches that possibly people are earning $2 a day, uh, living in a very modest, uh, meager lifestyle, and yet when we, we have seen, this is, we're in El Salvador here, and in that one shot where you see the road, uh, pebbled road and then the cement along the side, and it really... I, it really blew me away when we came to this church and they were wanting to share with us what sort of impacts that they'd, what, how they'd been involved in their community and, and was building a road. And what had happened is that they went to their community leaders and, and said, you know, what are, what are some of the major challenges here? And of course, homes getting washed away during the rains was a big part of it because the roads were poorly constructed. So they, these people that some of whom are illiterate, uh, many of whom are women, uh, many of whom would not be seen as uh, movers and shakers in the community, they, and, and, and also to preface this, we all know about the uh, caravan moving through Latin America or Central America at this time, and people are, are leaving for a lot of reasons, and of course corruption is a big part of it. And so here we have Christian church in the middle of all of this, corrupt leaders, 
things that aren't working, people suffering, but they're out there and, and with, with financial resources that, you know, no way. And I thought, wow, thousands of dollars went into building these roads. But because the church was at the center of this and they were able to talk to the leaders and, the, and gather people together and work, work in the muck to uh, see this actually happen. So it was a huge testimony to the, to the church. And then the next slide just shows, um, <clears throat> I really like this, uh, visual as well. Uh, again, we're in El Salvador here, and that's the pastor with the bucket of uh, bananas on his shoulder, and his church is in the slide below. So you notice the nice floor, walls, and roof on that church. Um, but the people gather there, and they, again, were a very marginalized community because of so many of the internal conflicts in, uh, that were, had happened in the past in El Salvador. And so Again, when they stepped out into their community, bridges were a big deal because kids could go to school in the morning, the rains would come, and the the road that was is no more, and so they couldn't get home safely. So bridges were a big part of what uh, the community wanted, so they got involved in this. And then the way we put the slides is to show the bridge between the pastor, his church, and then the community leaders, because this is, this is actually a little dated. It's a couple of years ago, but I've got it there because um, all of the municipal leaders in that community become believers. They're not all sitting in the in the church of the pastor, but they're working out their faith in their community um, as God's leading them. So for us, a huge testimony. And the next slide takes us into the Dominican Republic. And I know we're pressed for time, so I'll just go quickly. But this is a really exciting piece because it's so new and and it touches so many Canadians. Probably many of you here have been to the Dominican, so you've been to the beach, and so I have the beach shot there. But just uh, to tell you about this church that we're working with, um, about five blocks in from the beach is this Church of the Reconciliation. Very small church. The physical building is probably the size of this stage. It's so small that, in fact, they teach music to kids, but they do it out on the sidewalk by the church. And and so that's really exciting to be with a, a group of relatively um, simple folks who just get into their community. And and it's it's a they're providing hope. That's really their their mission uh, for these kids. And some of you maybe just recently I saw W five thing, but there's there's a there's a trade that's really not healthy that's going on it's a lot of people go there for this kind of tourism and so 13 14 year old girls and boys um, can get into lifestyles that are not going to be very productive but it's it's a way to make money so this church is providing hope um, this pastor teaches them how to cut hair and run small businesses they learn english because then they have possibilities of of working in the tourism areas and what Another thing that really strikes me about this church, the pastor, you see the back of his head there, talented musician, but they talk about their mission. So they are on mission. They serve the poor in a small community, a rural community. They do a VPS-type programming with the kids, uh, music, sports, um, providing supplies for school. And so they don't see their own situation as poverty, but they actually they talk about serving the poor in a small community outside um, 
So um, we mentioned before I just talk about the whole sent, being sent, that we're all sent out and then we're sent back. And um, uh, we know that this is a church that has sent out uh, teams and individuals and, and, uh, and, and they've come back into your church and that brings a lot uh, into the church uh, life. Um, one of the reasons for Bruno and I relocating to Guatemala, um, we're going to be having the same role as Latin American team leaders, but it brings us in, a, in an area of... Uh, Central America that um, we haven't been as close to our partners as we'd like to and close to potential partners and developing opportunities for the Canadian churches to be engaged in um, the work in Central America and in a uh, much closer for us to travel there and to be there and and Guatemala in, in particular which might help sort of frame some of the things we've been talking about um, there are 16 million people that live in Guatemala it's not a huge country uh, and there are four 45,000 evangelical churches. Now, I don't know the number of evangelical churches in Canada. There are 1,000 Baptist churches uh, in our uh, in our constituency, um, but I, I'm guessing there's nowhere near 45,000 evangelical churches in Canada. And there's 60 million people, and more than half of the population calls themselves evangelical Christians. And yet, just as we mentioned, corruption, poverty, and, and violence is rampant. So where is the church? Is it that people don't know? Is it that they, you know, what has happened there? So we're very, we feel really privileged to be able to be, um, going into this dynamic and being part of what we see, uh, as partners that are working, stepping out and, uh, getting into the, their communities and getting into the mess of what uh, the life is for most people there. So getting back to our, our scent and the opportunities to come, um, when we have groups of people that come before you leave the country. Of course, 90% of your work is is getting there uh, and, and mobilizing people in your community, in your church community, and uh, learning uh, together as you prepare to go. And But when you're, when you, before you leave us, wherever it is you visit, um, we want to talk about what is your personal vision, mission? How has that, and, and that of, what is that of your church? And how has that been affected by this short time that you've been had your world turned upside down in a different culture. How might you communicate that when you go home? And what are some action things that you can do uh, when you get back to sort of see this realized? And so we're privileged to be able to be involved in that. And uh, I just want to encourage you again, and I know you're in a, a, a different season in your church, um, and we're sort of all in, in a place of changing seasons. Uh, but I just want to really want to encourage you to... Um, Consider that opportunity when it arises. And I want to leave you with a, uh, with a small gift, and I think you might have seen this for those of you who have the Christmas catalog, which I'm going to leave them with you, um, because this is how we support all those causes that we're involved in, and, in, um, uh, as a, as a, the Baptist Church. So this is a, uh, a Christmas ornament, believe it or not. Um, and now if you have one of these already out, because you mentioned about, oh, it's Christmas, we're talking about that, and we're just at Remembrance Day. But but I'm here, so I get to do this. <laughs> and, you know, we you look at this, and it's a simple burlap 
ribbon, if you want to call it that, the, the, the little thing that keeps it together, it says make room. And the idea is that, you know, our beautiful, beautiful Christmas trees with all of our coordinated colors and bulbs, and this is an opportunity to um, bring attention to those people who are outside, who are outside our doors, who are outside of the family of God and outside of understanding what it means to be living in the kingdom way. And uh, so it's to hang on your tree, it's to put on a doorknob, something to draw attention to that. Um, and it comes from a really dear uh, colleagues of ours, Aaron, Erica Kenny. And Erica ties a rag on her Christmas tree every year. And if anybody knows Erica, she's the queen of of, of um, design. And the fact that she would tie a ribbon on a rag on her tree to bring uh, to mind those people that are outside. So that's what we've done. And you can order your own through our gift catalog. So I would not be a good CBM person if I didn't draw your attention to this. So this is for you and thank you so much. Thank you so much for supporting us as your partners in mission. Thank you for all the work that you do to um, uh, just to, to follow in that way of how we work through the local church wherever we are. So blessings to you and uh, in your and in this time as well. Thank you so much. Well, we want to say thank you again. It's just been a joy, and I'm sorry that it had to be sort of rushed this morning. Um, we know this was the only Sunday that you were able to come, so we really wanted to make it happen, but uh, just fascinated. I've, I've got notes. I still have them in my hands here, so thank you so very much. Micah was trying to tell me about a cross back at the um, the sound area, so I was trying to listen to him and listen to uh, to Bruno and Kathleen, so tell them about it, Micah, and then we'll close. Uh, Bruno and Kathleen are probably aware of this. If you've been relatively new to Emmanuel, you might not remember this. Uh, we've been a, a partner with CBM in a couple of programs called the STEP Ministry, uh, which is a strategic kind of partnership. Our most recent step was in India. Uh, but prior to that, we were partners with Emmanuel Baptista in San Salvador. Uh, and we were privileged to have their pastor visit us at one point. Uh, and he actually, as they were talking about some of the ministries in El Salvador, my mind, of course, was going back to when you folks enabled me to go into a pastor's tour there, some of the things that we saw. But when their pastor visited us, if you've ever wondered why we have a cross on top of the sound booth that doesn't seem to fit in with anything else around here, it's because they gave it to us as a, as a way of saying thank you for partnering with them. Uh, so Emmanuel's got a long history of being in mission and on mission. We've sent teams to the DR. We've sent teams to El Salvador. And I can't help but reflect on the, the imagery of the Christmas ornament that we who live in such a, a wonderful part of the world follow a king who was wrapped in swaddling cloth, which is a nice, cleaned-up way of saying rags. Uh, that is our Lord. And I love the reminder there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's my prayer this morning that there will not be a Christmas tree in any of our homes that does not have a rag on it this Christmas. Thank you for Micah's reminder of the babe wrapped in claws and rags. Thank you for Paul's reminder that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. Thank you for the reminder this morning from Bruno and Kathleen that we have a community outside from here, a community that needs to know Jesus Christ, to hear the gospel, 
and to be on the receiving end of what we can do in Jesus' name to serve them and wash their feet. And we know that as we do that, we too will be blessed. So take us out from this place. Give us strength and courage and comfort and peace as we go out to community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.